Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian, more direct than a Christoph Berra clearance, more outspoken than a Craig Levine press conference, and about as funny as a Monday night Scottish Cup quarter-final at five past seven. I'm Laurie Dunsair, coming to you from Musselburgh, joined by the man across the pond, Mark Donaldson. That's some start. More direct than a Christoph Berra clearance. It's going to have to be very, very direct then, this one. <laughs> I'm just preparing everyone for... <laughs> Although it's been, it's, it's been pretty direct, more often than not in recent weeks, and that's both, I guess, on the park and on the podcast. What a, what a bizarre 15 minutes after the game against Partick, um, because it was throw the TV out the window because we can't hold on to a lead against the bottom side in the championship, and then drawn against Inverness Caledonian Thistle, either Hearts or Partick <laughs> in the semi-final. It was the the ultimate peaks and troughs of being a Hearts fan uh, in the space of, of 15 minutes. And that wasn't even anything to do with what <laughs> with what had happened um, on the park, really. With I, I think it's an interesting draw. It's partly like you're delighted because, well, it's a very kind draw, but also in some ways frustrated that it's happened at a time where we seem to be in a bit of disarray, basically. No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say frustrated at all. I would say that it's the perfect draw. And of all the, the draws that we've had since we won the Cup in 2012, we've had very little luck whatsoever. Oh, definitely, come out yeah. Of the hat, yeah, against, um, against top-flight sides more often than not. Uh, I think we have to be very fortunate this season that we've got the draws that we have because, honestly, if we'd played the way that we'd played against better sides that we might have been drawn against, we wouldn't be on the on the verge of potentially a semi-final. Indeed. So this show, we're going to speak about the Partick Thistle game, of course, the quarter-final which took place on Monday night. Uh, we'll have a little discussion on the draw itself. Uh, we'll talk about some of your favourite Scottish Cup memories, which is what Mark asked you to give us feedback on last week, and that's not including finals, semi-finals or Edinburgh derbies. And we'll also look ahead to Hart's next game, which is the league match against Dundee this coming Saturday. So first up, let's get right into it. Partick Thistle against Hart and Midlothian in that terrible five past seven kickoff on Monday night, uh, which meant that me and many other fans were crawling through traffic. Uh, across from Edinburgh to Glasgow for the game which saw 10th place in the Championship, Partick Thistle host 5th place in the Premiership, Hearts. Um, few changes for Hearts, Jamie Brandon and Stephen Naismith both, both enforced um, absentees, Jamie Brandon suspended and Stephen Naismith injured. We don't know the extent of that one yet but it looks like a recurrence of his knee injury so at the time of recording we're not sure how long that's going to keep him out for uh, Ollie Lee was dropped to the bench and in came Ben Guruccio, um Ollie Bozanich and Stephen McLean and Hearts went with a back four in a, a 4-4-2-ish formation um, started very well positively Christoph Berra with a well-worked corner kick heading in after Ollie Bozanich and Ben Guruccio combined Uche Ikepiezu missed a few chances. Hart certainly dominated territory and possession, created half chances, maybe didn't do enough, although Sean Clare probably should have done better just before half time. And then in the second half, it got edgier. Uche maybe should have scored after Sean Clare hit the woodwork on the angle. 
But Christy Elliott found the equaliser in the 72nd minute. Nice bit of build-up on the left. Good ball by Slater. Probably looked a little bit offside and maybe not a free kick in the build-up, but doesn't really excuse the Hearts defending. We had a penalty call, which we'll get to as well. Um, and it all ended square. One apiece. Uh, so, Mark, what I thought we'd do, we've had quite a lot of messages about this game. So, we'll go through some of these and we'll talk about some of the points of view, the opinions and the incidents that come up from them. So, um, I'll start with a bit of a longer one, which MJK tweeted the Around the Funnel account. said, what a frustrating match to watch from a Hearts perspective. I haven't seen us dominate a team as much as we did in the first half for a while. The passing, movement, determination and pressure on the Partick box was absolutely relentless. Games should have been sewn up by half-time, but this is Hearts. We don't do things straightforward. Second half, I thought we would carry on where we left off and kill them off. Don't get me wrong, MJK, I thought that same thing. Uh, but no, everything good about the performance in the first half was no longer there. Passing became ponderous, there was little to no penetration, and any chances we created were wasted. The lack of urgency shown, not just in this game, but in many others this season, is incredibly concerning, and questions need to be asked of the management why our players, more often than not, cannot finish a game strongly or perform at the same level for 90 minutes. The players, of course, have to take responsibility, but the brand of football on show right now, and for large chunks of the season, has been eye-bleeding. Had we consistently got results like we did at the start of the season, most fans would accept this. However, without results, naturally, this kind of performance will draw scrutiny, and rightly so. The infrastructure is in place for this uh, club to be brilliant and to achieve big things. However, I do worry the current blueprint regarding first-team management is an area which needs reviewed come the end of the season. So, some really good points there from MJK on Twitter. Now, Mark, I'll take a few of them um, one by one. So, first up, dominant first half. Certainly, I don't think anyone can argue Hearts were extremely dominant and on top in the first period. This is the one, how good were Hearts, how poor were Partick? Um, Hearts were decent first Mm -hmm. half because they were allowed to beat. Partick were absolutely atrocious. They're one of the worst teams I've seen. Mm-hmm. Not just playing Hearts, they were horrific. And for Hearts to only be 1-0 up was ultimately embarrassing. That The game should have been put away. We were talking last week about the Burley era at Tyne Castle, and he maybe wasn't sure if the players had the full fitness, blah, 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 at the start of the season because they didn't have much of a pre-season, so he wanted them to start quickly and the games were over at half-time. I mean, let's move forward 14 years, 13 years. It's It was pedestrian at times. And I was texting my friends or on the WhatsApp group that I'm in, and I, I don't think we're good to watch right now. Now, we had a lot of the ball, but they, they weren't putting any pressure on us. I was going to... One thing I mentioned in commentary um, at the time was that was, <laughs> Partick Thistle were defending just as, if not deeper, than what we were second half against Celtic with 10 men. So, And I said, I don't know if Gary Caldwell has been watching our games against the likes of Dundee at home, St Mirren at home, Livingston at home, and seen that when teams just sit with everyone behind the ball and ask us to do the thinking, do the creating, that we don't come up with much. Because they, nope. didn't, they didn't try and do anything apart from sit with everyone behind the ball and try and keep straight lines and, and, and avoid pushing forward at all. I mean, look, ultimately... We, we spoke about the, the games at home, the, the games that we thought we should have won uh, beforehand and clearly didn't because they weren't good enough, the Dundee game and the Livingston game and the others. And we said that if, if he's been paying attention, which clearly he was, 
they had no interest whatsoever in, in uh, I mean, Zlomal could have had the cigars out in the first half. Uh, there was maybe one corner that they had. Um, and that was it. They, they had absolutely no interest, but they wanted to frustrate. And they felt that Hearts weren't a good enough side, that they were going to take four or five with all the possession. And they were right. That's the bottom line. It's hard, it's hard to kind of accept that. Um, and it, it, this is the frustrating thing. And this is why when I said at the start about the 15 minutes of the peaks and the troughs of being a Hearts fan, and it's like, I can't believe we've just beaten Party. Yes, we've got Inverness if we get through. This is the frustrating thing. Because the ability is there, but the style of play right now and the inability to come up with an, a, a way to break teams down just, just isn't there. And it, it, it's so frustrating right now. So on one hand, I'm pissed off at the, the Partick game because it should have been out of sight. But on the other hand, there's a right good chance Hearts are going to be in a cup final. Yeah, and MJK mentioned the lack of cutting edge and the brand of football being poor. And Callum Lang adds, uh, when Berra's 16th long punt up the park didn't find a Hearts player, I was pretty sure this tactic wasn't working. What's um, happened to Christoph, by the way? I mean, I, the, you, see the, you see him every game in, in, in person. Mm. He's not the player he was before his injury. No, and I was gonna. I was actually. It was. Um, I did take some notes this week. We don't always do that. But one thing I mentioned was, and I've written down Berra's fitness since injury. Now, Christoph Berra has never. And everyone, you know this, and everyone listening knows this. You know me to tell you that Christoph Berra's never been a ball playing centre back. He's he's always been an old fashioned, strong, physical, good in the air, gets the ball out, plays it safe. That's he's a no nonsense defender. He's always been that type. He, he's not going to suddenly turn into. John Souter. He's not that type of player. That's not how he. But that's not his strength. He's always been good at what he does. Um, however, since he's come back from injury, he just seems even more restricted. Now, beforehand, you know, he'd clear it long quite often. He'd get a few groans, or he'd play the simple pass, maybe to just give it to John Souter or a fullback, let them do the creating part of it. At the moment, he see, even his, he can't even execute the clearances properly just now. Sometimes he, he kind of just slices it up into the air rather even rather than even clearing the halfway line. And I don't think he looks completely right. Mm. And I, I've not got any inside knowledge. I've not been told that he's still carrying a knock, but he does not look fully fit just now. He he can't move around as even as well as he used to be able to, and he just seems to shank. I think is the best word. Almost every clearance that he tries to get, he's just like getting rid of the ball as quickly as he can. He's he's still okay, I think, in the air, and he's still got a decent read of the game. But when he actually has to execute something with the ball at his feet just now, he just looks completely uncomfortable, even by his standards. Christoph turned thirty-four at the end of of, of January, yeah. and he's looking every one of those thirty-four years. He didn't prior to his injury. No. Now, a couple of things. One, I'd be hopeful that a preseason would see him back to what we know he's capable of. And secondly, as well, a bit of a difficult one, this, because if Craig Levine says to Christoph Berra, are you ready to come back? And Christoph, who maybe isn't, says, yep, I'm ready. Because that's that's the type of person he is. I know Christoph well. Um, I like Christoph. He's a, he, he's a perfect leader for that team. Um, but if... Levine had said to him, are you ready to come back? Even if there's a wee doubt in his mind, as there would be in my mind, I'd still say, like Christoph did, I'm ready. Now, maybe he's not, or maybe he wasn't. And look, we've come too far now. Um, but he's, I, I, I don't know what it is. 
Maybe it's something to do with the, the constant change of shape and system. Is it three at the back? Is it four at the back? What's he asked to do? If I'm the opposition, Laurie, I'm putting my best striker on him. Yeah. Which which is which is such a change from last season because he was a colossus last season. Uh, you know, deservedly Hearts Player of the Year. Um, and I, you know, this time last year, I, I would have been saying, Bear has got to be in that Scotland team, even at 33 at that point. Uh, it's like, he's got to be. He's the best Scottish defender around as a defender. Right now, you wouldn't have him near the Scotland team, even obviously playing every week again just now. Now, remind me, Mark, it was, it was obviously a torn hamstring he got. Was it his Was it his left leg? Was it his kicking leg? I can't quite I don't. Remember. I don't know. I can't I, quite I, remember. I'm just not sure I if he's... Know. You know, sometimes when a player's been injured and they've had a bad injury like that, they, they're they very... Even if they don't mean to, they, they, they're a bit scared or worried almost of doing anything too much. Yeah, to... I mean, I remember him sitting on the chair in the edge of the tunnel when he got hurt in that game. Uh, it was against Celtic, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. back in August. Yeah, so I remember, I remember that. But it's a tough one because... We we don't know how fit he was when he came back, and has that had an impact? But it's it's clear. I mean, Christoph would admit himself. It doesn't take um, it doesn't take a genius to work out that he played better before he got hurt than afterwards. And I'd be optimistic that a preseason, a full preseason, um, would have him back. But I just think there, there's an element of look at Man United recently. Um, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer said that Jesse Lingard was probably going to be out for a month. He then appears on the subs bench the following game and then, because of injuries, appears on the field and then gets hurt. And now he's out again. So I think there has to be a, a better understanding between the medical staff at football clubs and, and the players and the coaching staff because if someone's not ready to come back, why risk it? Some other points to get through as well. G says, um, first half worked, second half didn't. When a team steps up their game, um, do we? Uh, just don't have a plan B when plan A stops working. Can't keep struggling against teams like this. Professional footballers who get paid to kick a ball, who can't cross the ball off the ground and over the first man, week in, week out, isn't working. Now, on poor delivery, this is another one... Um, if you've ever listened to, to Jimmy and I on Hearts TV, Jimmy hates this. And he he's currently trying to push for a £50 fine for any player. Who don't can, be the first man. You can't be the first man yeah. at a corner. Bozanich! Um, <laughs> now, and the, the frustrating thing is that Oli Bozanich has start, started the game with some good set pieces. And he obviously the goal came from his corner, which was cleverly played to Ben Garuccio. But in the second half, he had a few in a row that were absolutely abysmal and, and I, to the point where I think you could have picked any other player and said just float it into the box it'd be better he took one that went straight to the near post and the Park Thistle fans were actually annoyed that um, I can't remember their player in the near post actually played it out for another corner when it looked like he yep. could have controlled it and probably started an attack but that was just really frustrating now we've had some we've had some reasonably clever set piece moves this season I've worked on Main, a couple of mainly occasions. From, mainly from free kicks. From free kicks, but sometimes our corners, and I know a goal came from a corner, but just the basic getting the corner into the box. Well, you can't achieve that when you've got Christoph Berra, Uchek Piezu, John Suter, Arnold Jume, you know, plenty of players over six foot who can win a header in the box, up from the back, waiting for it. W- what a waste of everyone's time. And that annoyed me. 
the, the, the whole, the double one annoyed me. The first one didn't beat the first man and it was sliced behind for a corner and he's got another chance. So you're thinking either, look, take a battle, make sure you get to the far post or let someone else take it. You're not going to let someone else take it because you're already there, so it's easy. But, I mean, com- come on, do we spend anywhere near as much time on, on corner kicks or on shape or on tactics as we do on, on set pieces? Because the set pieces from free kicks... They've been different, and I'm all for that. Yeah. Austin McPhee has come up with with different things, and he's kept us guessing, and he's kept the opposition guessing. But that's just one facet of a performance. And if you can't beat a first man, and, it's, and I totally get what Jimmy's saying, we've n- I don't think we've ever been, as long as I've watched Hearts, I can't recall a, a spell under any manager where we've always been, we've always been a threat because we've got height, but we've never really had players who could deliver, I mean there, there were some like Paul Hartley or, or whatever could deliver a good corner um, but we've never really had a period of, of oh yes we've got a corner I'd rather we had a long throw at Far <laughs> well, seriously oh, oh, They don't work either, jeez um, the, the corners, I was going to say a Paul Hartley period, the other the other one that I mentioned, that I, I would have thought in the top of my head was Ian Black under Paolo Sergio when he had that, he, he played that kind of clipped um, ball from the like from the right side which he kind of just teed up to about the 12 yard mark which i thought worked quite well and we got a few goals from that um wasn't always we're, we're, we're talking about corners and free kicks to try <laughs> and get the better of a partic thistle so i think there are more pressing issues um for hearts that their corners and their their set pieces and their free kicks they shouldn't need to rely on them to get a result out for help no Certainly not. Uh, Foxtrot Oscar uh, reiterates some of the things we're mentioning. He says, get possession, knock it about a bit, pass back, close down Suter, square ball to Berra, punt to Uche, lose possession, and repeat. Um, Anne Waddle says, one word, dire. Hoofball not working and the inability to kill off teams is worrying. More accuracy in front of goal is a must. Um, Unknown pleasures, 1874, says, lack of tactics and bravery from Levine. And King Danny B says, I liked it when we had Cochrane in the team last season. <laughs> and Harry Cochrane obviously just called up to the Scotland under-19s. Um, so presumably fit enough to be involved at the moment. And certainly Harry Cochrane isn't. started against Partick Thistle in the reserves. <laughs> and remind me what the scoreline was in that, Mark. Oh, 800-0. <laughs> 9-1 Hearts reserves beat Partick Thistle reserves. We should say... It was a very strong heart side against a very young Partick Thistle side, but certainly a few players may be pushing themselves into Craig Levine's plans. Uh, another point but, on the... But so, sorry, Lord, just before you, you give another point, can we use that as the replay? I saw a few people saying that. <laughs> just get it done with. Let's, just, let's get ready to meet Robbo. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm sure Gary Caldwell and Partick Thistle will have uh, uh, another feeling on that one. Um, Gordon Stitt says, lack of wingers is a killer. Jum and Claire are most creative players looking lost outside or, or when it comes in, we lose width. Despite dominating, the lack of chances created from open play was a huge disappointment, although no surprise. Um, so a few other ones that mentioned Arnold Jum as well. GM says, McLean was anonymous. Jum in the left side of midfield is not as effective as he is as number 10. Uh, the build-up and attacking play so pedestrian and predictable. And Hart's shirt collector says Doom definitely needs to slot into the 10 role um, and he'd be keen to give Kina a run of games. Now, Arnold Doom, it's an interesting one because 
he has been one of our better players since the turn of the year. And albeit it's not been a hugely impressive run of form for Hearts generally. But he does seem a little bit of a wasted character when he's pushed out to that kind of left side but slightly central position. He's not in the heart of what's going on. And I think he's a much more influential player, certainly, than Ollie Lee. Um, he's maybe not as important a player as Peter Haring, but he's more influential than Peter Haring, I would say, in driving hearts forward into the final third. And I think he maybe does a little bit more inf- influencing games in that respect than Oli Bozanic as well. But we have him kind of lost out in a position which is kind of no man's land. Square pegs and round holes. The issue for me here, all these tweets that we get on a weekly basis, and thank you for them, I, I very rarely disagree with any of them. So if the consensus can see it, and the majority can see it, why can't the people who are picking the team, making the decisions, see it as well? They see hearts on the training ground every day. We don't. That's why I've said it before and I'll say it again. We have to bow to their superior knowledge. They're doing the job. They're the ones that are in trouble if the job doesn't go well. These are the ones that take the praise when the job is going well. But if all these tweets that we're getting are exactly what most of us are thinking. It's the same ones every week. It's like, I mean, the the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Now, I'm not calling anyone insane. I'm just saying, look, we've tried things before and they haven't worked. So why are we still trying them? Why are we playing Zoom left side when he's clearly not a left midfielder? Why are we playing Sean Clare right side when he's clearly not a right midfielder? And I would have a a strong argument to say, why are we playing Sean Clare at all right now? And that's another thing, which I'm sure we can get to to later. Um, There's a lot that isn't happening right now, whether it's slow build-up, too many passes. It's just not working. And we have to find a way to make it work because ultimately we cannot look back on this season now. We have to wait until the summer then look back. The good things, the bad things. We could end up being Scottish Cup winners. Would that be a giant piece of wallpaper that papers over the cracks? I don't give a toss if it is. I'll celebrate. <laughs> I've, I've got no problem with that whatsoever. I said last week that the Partick game was our season, and I stand by that. We're still in the Cup. I know we would like to be at the semi-final stage already with not an either-or in the draw, but Hearts have got a home tie against the side bottom of the championship. And there's no reason. It's, it's unfathomable to think that they would not win that game. Inverness is, is a different uh, kettle of fish in the next round. But again, they're a lower league side. They are the lowest side in the draw that anyone could have got. And Hearts have got them. So it's, this is a weird one this week. You're, you're happy that you're in the semi-final draw. You're pissed off that it's an either-or, it's Hearts or Partick. You're delighted that you're only one game away from a cup final. You're thrilled that it's Inverness and not Celtic, Aberdeen or Rangers. But it's the form that we're in right now. It's these tweets that are saying the same thing every week. It's the frustration. It's the players that have been brought in, maybe not doing the job that they were brought in to do. It's the players that we hope that we might get the chance to see the, the likes of like Harry Cochran and others. Would he make a difference? Don't know. Don't know. We, we spent ages earlier this season talking about don't play Mitchell at left back. Play him in front. Play Garucho at left back. What happened when they did? 
well, it turned out that Mitchell was nowhere near the player that we had last season, and he's not going to play for Hearts again. Fine. I mean, let him get on with his career. There are a few issues right now, but the common denominator and the common thread is the same tweets are appearing week in, week out. Mark Wells, just for a little bit of um, alternative, uh, an alternative view, says, reflection, who do some of our supporters actually think they support? A disgrace? Nah, we are hearts. This is what we do and we've done it for years. Why do some expect it to be different? It's why I love them and why I'll keep coming back for more. That's good. That's good, yeah, it's perspective. And at times we lose sense of the perspective. Um, Let's be realistic here. We're never going to win the league um, with the gap that that Celtic have got right now. So the cup, it's all about the cup. And as much as we're annoyed and... I'm glad we didn't do this straight after the game because it would have just been full of F-bombs and goodness knows what. And it would have had an explicit tag um, when it came to to iTunes and various other things. But the perspective right now is Hearts Craig Levine, not Hearts. Craig Levine will never, ever have a better chance to reach a Scottish Cup final as Hearts manager as this year. That's the bottom line. And on that note, let's have a quick talk about the draw. You've mentioned it uh, briefly there. We've had some messages, so I don't want to spend too long on this one. Um, And it's interesting that we talk about Craig Levine, or you mentioned Craig Levine just there, who has never progressed past the quarterfinal of the Scottish Cup. Oh, don't say that now. For either Hearts, I said it a few times on Monday, Uh... for either Hearts or Dundee United. He's never got past the quarterfinal. Levine's Um, not to blame, by the way. Do you know who is? Who? You. Me, because I've never got to, because I've still not got to Hamden yet. Thank you. Sixth season commentating on Hearts, and I have yet to see us play at Hamden. And then even when I said we're going to Hamden, we ended up going to Murrayfield. So the fact that John Robertson's currently in the evening news saying that if Hearts get through to the semi-final against his Inverness side, they'll probably move it to Easter Road. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to count any chickens, <laughs> even if we beat Park Thistle, because we'll probably end up playing it. Dingwall for all, for my luck is. Um, and, 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 and by the by the way, counting <laughs> chickens. I remember the last time because I was at the game commentating that we played Inverness Caledonian Thistle in a semi final, and they only had nine men, and we still didn't win. So there's no there's no chickens being counted <laughs> in this side of Connecticut. Trust me. Thankfully, I gave you the commentary for that game. Um, so some messages on the cup draw, and I guess looking ahead as well. Um, Thomas Cook. Um, this isn't someone called Thomas Cook, incidentally. I know fine well who it is. Says, Hibs are hot on our heels with some real impetuses now. We've gone the other way in the league. I wonder how fans will react to finishing below Hibs and getting horsed off mm-hmm. Celtic in a cup final. Because that's what I can see happening. And I'm not sure that would be enough to save Craig Levine. And um, we read in the news this week that a supercomputer has suggested that Hearts will finish below Hibs. I don't know how they worked that one out, but they have, uh, on goal difference, apparently. Now, given the draw... <laughs> what, what a load of fish. Uh, exactly what I thought when I saw it. Um, the evening news, struggling for... Yeah, and the other thing was, someone in the evening news has done a feature on heart strips and the value of them. They're all knockoffs. None of them are even real, and they're all from eBay. That's another story. <laughs> and for, for anybody listening with young children, I apologise for swearing. And, and I will not say pish again. I'm 
pretty sure there's not too many young children listening to this one, but um, no, yeah. but I did have someone <laughs> saying that they were in the car when when I said that Santa was oh real oh yeah with, of course with a yeah. young child he, Santa just, is real you've said it again <laughs> no I, I said what I said I'm now saying Santa is real um so yeah. on that note there it's really fine margins just now because um. You would think Hearts, there's going to be a, an expectation that we should get to a cup final now. And that's a lot of what people have said. Hearts, Hearts though, um, the Twitter account says, minimum, stay where we are in the league and with that drop, get to the final. So at the moment, I, I would say, and there's quite a few other mentions, so thanks again for the messages on this. The minimum is that Hearts don't drop any further in the league and get to the cup final because the draw we've been given, we should get to the cup final. I'm not saying we will. Because anything can happen, but at the moment, runners up in the cup and fifth place in the league is probably not good enough. Hmm. But not good enough to who? That's the everyone. bottom line. <laughs> yeah, but everyone doesn't make the decisions for next season, do they? Oh no, I, I know, I know. And look, it's one of these speculations. Great, but it's all ifs, buts, and maybes. And if your auntie had balls, she'd be your uncle. You you have to wait until the end of the season and let it play out. And you're right now, the draw has given us a, a wonderful chance to reach a final. But my goodness, the expectation level has intensified. And if Hearts don't get to the cup final now, then, I mean, it's funny. They, I think today, and this is Wednesday as we speak, I think today the, the season tickets have gone on sale for the new season. Um, a lot of the sales will depend on on Hearts reaching the final, um, Hearts doing well in the league. Uh, interesting timing for it. Um, sometimes it's a little bit later than that. Obviously, during the financial issues, it was a little bit early, so they could get the, the money in the coffers. Um, but it's impossible to say right now, uh, without knowing what's going to happen, um, what, what should happen come the end of the season. Because I know we're going to pr- approach it at, uh, at the end of this podcast, I've actually put together a kind of, because I asked last week and on Twitter as well for players potentially, realistically, that Hearts could sign. Um, but the number that I've got as signings doesn't say much about the the additions that have been made so far. Billy Steedman says the cup final and fourth in the league. That's not much, too much to ask, is it? Is it? Is it? Aye, it probably is. Craigie Boy as his Twitter name says, says, if we beat Partick, there's no danger Robbo will allow us to lose the semi. He'll be booking a bus to the final. And um, Tenacious T, here, here's some positivity or maybe blind optimism to end with when we talk about the draw. We're going to stop the treble treble fact. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Aberdeen on for the treble treble, are they? <laughs> um, but by the way, the draw for the semi-final was was actually pretty favourable from a Hearts perspective as far as getting into Europe is concerned because it's either going to be Celtic, Aberdeen or Rangers in the final. All three of them already pretty much in Europe through their league position. So that gives us the, the opportunity um, so the, the, the Europa League, as far as a, a Scotland perspective, is, is concerned. The cup winners, which if it's either Aberdeen, Celtic or Rangers um, who win the cup, that cup winning spot would then go to, to the league place. Mm, so yeah. right now, 
um, or before before a ball is kicked, fourth isn't guaranteed a European spot because we've got four places. Champions go into Champions qualifying one. Cup winners would go into Q2 of Europa League and N3 and N2, which is the league placings, would start in Q1 of the Europa League. So fourth spot would then open up to become... I mean, basically, if, if Hearts get to the final, they're guaranteed European football if they finish fourth, regardless of the outcome of the cup final. And that's... That's why everyone's saying fourth place has to be the minimum target this season in a cup final. I totally agree with that. Okay, moving on. Um, We're going to stick to the Scottish Cup theme, but move on to uh, days gone by um, because last week Mark asked for some of your favourite Scottish Cup memories, but that was on the basis that it was not a final, a semi-final or an Edinburgh derby. Um, for some of these, just to mention, Amoruso Let's It Run on Twitter has a video of Scottish Cup moments from 86 to 2018. So um, give that a watch or give some of it a watch um, if you get a chance. I appreciate posting of that video. Uh, but some of the messages we've got on this topic. Rob Wright says, 3-2 against Rangers 1986. He's gone on about it enough elsewhere, but still needed another mention because it was that good. Was that a game you were at in 86? Yeah, first Scottish Cup tie. That was oh, when, yeah, okay. Um, mentioned it before. Sandy Clark, uh, Craig Patterson clashed heads. Colin McAdam came on, scored. Yep. Rob yep. got the winner. Yep, remember it well. Uh, Grant Watson says 87 against Celtic, round four at Tiny. Mm. Robertson scores a sweet free kick, 1-0. Most memorable for me because I was sat right at the tunnel and was giving players high fives at the end and was on the TV highlight highlights. Big thing for a 10-year-old to see yourself on the telly. So that was a good day for Grant. And is that a game that you were at as well? Yeah, yeah. That, it's funny, that would be one of mine as well. Uh, free kicks on the right-hand side. Isn't it funny how, I, I don't know about others, I've got more tendency to remember things that happened for long ago um, maybe because you're maybe more impressionable as a youngster when you go to games and it's all kind of big wide eyes and you take more in and then things just become draconian and dull and boring when, when you get the same old, same old as you get older. I don't know, but Packy Bonner was in goal. Um, funny, I watched that on, I think Amoruso lets it run, put that game on, on uh, his YouTube account or certainly the, the goals. Um, that, that was phenomenal. And, we then played Motherwell in the quarters, had to go to a replay, and Colhoun scored late on. But that game against Celtic at Tynecastle, just under 29,000 at the game. It was very rare that you got more than that back in those days. That was proper noise. That was sardines on the terrace back then. Great, great days. Alan Meikle also has an 80s memory, and it's also John Robertson against Celtic in 89-ish, he says, but I don't know if he was thinking about the 87 game, but he also says St Mirren 4-1 in the 86 Cup tie, and then St Mirren 2-0 in 2012 when Jamie Hamill suddenly became a player. He, of course, scored that raker that game, and I was at that match but behind the goal, and one of my favourite memories of that game was actually Jamie McDonald, because people don't always remember that, but crucially saved a penalty at 0-0. And obviously it was that game that then got us through to face Celtic and then, of course, Hibs in the final and the rest is history. But Jamie McDonald with a really big stop in that one. Graham Carey against Jamie McDonald. Carey 
Gibby said the lead at 10, Castle is denied! Wonderful save from Jimmy McDonald! Mark Calder said beating Rangers 4-2 at Tynecastle, which is the game in the 90s that we've spoken about previously. Callum Taylor says his first Hearts game was against Thistle in the 2006 Scottish Cup at Tynecastle, which is, of course, the quarterfinal. Um, the two biggest memories of the day are Chisnowski's great winner and Scatchel receiving a standing ovation when he was subbed. Hadn't really been into football before, and that amazed me as a nine-year-old. Um, Chesnowski scored a, a wonderful goal that day and one thing that always reminds me of Davidas and his cracking goals is when Chesney Hawks comes on the radio and you hear um, <laughs> one and only because of course Scott Wilson always played that as Chesney's song um, were there were there many other I'm trying to think of there many other players who had their own goal music and I know a lot of people don't like goal music because they feel it takes away from hearing the actual crowd but Sometimes it works pretty well. Are there, are there any other players can you that you can think of at Hearts who've had their own goal music specifically for them? We'll never really know if Callum Elliott had any. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, did he not get caught in a disco or nightclub or something like that by a newspaper? Anyway, I don't know. I, I, I can't remember any. Scott Wilson would be the guy to speak to. While you were talking about that, we obviously talk a lot about since Hearts won the Cup in 2012 and they haven't really had the best of luck with draws and haven't played that well. I've just been looking at Hearts' record after they beat Gretna. They didn't reach the quarterfinals for six years after beating Gretna. That's incredible. I never even never even thought, because obviously we all talk about after the Hibs game in 2012 and and then it's not been our kind of it's not been our favourite tournament. But how about this? After after we beat Gretna in, in 06, okay, um, Dunfermline lost fourth round. That was horrible. They scored really late. We thought we were getting a draw. Scott Wilson, the defender, um, scored really late. So Larry Kingston debut, yeah. Oh yeah, good shout. So Dunfermline East End Park following year out fourth round. Next year, Motherwell. Replay, out, fourth round, Ross McCormack. Following year, Hibs, fourth round, beat them, but lost against Falkirk. God, I forgot about that game. Stevie Lovell, fourth, uh, fifth round, Scottish Cup, February 2009, out, fifth round. Following year, fourth round, out, Petaudry, Aberdeen. Following year, St. Johnston. Goodness, forgot about that as well. Peter McDonald, four minutes to go. Yeah. Out, fourth round. And then it was the 2012 season that began with um, Auchinleck and then we, we, we got all the way to the final. Wow, that's that's amazing. That that period between 06 and 12 is about as barren as the period after Hibs in 012 to 2018. God, history's, history's just repeated itself. That's incredible. We're actually, we're, we've got quite a good record when we when we actually go all the way. To the final, we just. <laughs> that's, the, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. When we go all the way to the final, we, we've got we've got quite a good record. When we go all the way to the <laughs> final, to the no final. Sorry, I'm in a facetious mood. As in, well, here's one: Hearts and Hibs have both been to the same amount of Scottish Cup finals. And Hearts have won quite a few more. Hearts have won almost three times more than Hibs. Hearts have won eight. Yeah. Hibs have only only won the three, and it's fourteen finals each. Well, they're not getting to a final this year, and if Hearts don't, then there'll be there'll be a few Hearts fans will be rather 
cheesed yeah. off. So w- when we actually get to the final, we do pretty well, but we just we're shite in between every time we get to the final, pretty much. Um, uh, very quickly, just a, a few others because we've we've had quite a few messages about these. Um, Killian St Johnston away in '96 were fantastic, huge heart support at Rugby Park for Neil Berry's mitt winner, which we've spoken about as well. I think that was when the away stand the was stand, shaking. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Rusi and Robo doing majestic interviews. Majestic interviews after, <laughs> says Gavin Aitchison. Stranraer in 2007 was also brilliant. Jambo Doug says, getting reekin in breakin. Some... <laughs> it's a good line. 84? Sometime... 84 5? Well, he just says, sometime in the 80s, I think it was 1 1. I was reekin and yep. can't remember much. 84 <laughs> 5 so... it was. It went to a replay in Hearts 1. Brian McNaughton, the blonde haired lad. <laughs> yeah, on the replay. Goodness. And here's uh, last. Lastly, uh, Stennis Muir at home in January 2000 says Stu. That's Stuart Ritchie. Two-one uh, down at, at half time. Gary McSwigan came off the bench to score twice for a three-two win. We played Stennis Muir in a League Cup tie as well a while ago. Before that, and we won on penalties. And that's what kind of gave me hope that day that we'll be fine. We'll be okay. No need to panic. It's only Stennis Muir. Um, I remember going to Clyde the following game, won 2 0 comfortably there, and then I don't know what happened. I got thumped to Ibrox um, on the Sunday in the next round in the quarters. They had a good side back then. That was the that was the, the good old EBT days. Okay, we are going to move on and speak about Dundee very shortly, but before we do that, um, I'm going to give you a few minutes, Mark. Now. We have put out on Twitter, so we've already had some people getting in touch um, and giving us some ideas for signings for next season and for who might who we might look to add to the team. So we're going to keep those on ice um, until next week because time will be against us otherwise. But just to, I guess, spark the imagination for everyone, I'll hand over to you, Mark, to maybe talk quickly about maybe some players that you could see Hearts bringing in and how the team could look next season in your eyes. I'm going to give you Hearts 4-4-2 lineup for the first game of the new season. Okay. In goal, Thomas Cherney. Right full-back, Michael Smith. Centre-back, John Souter. Other centre-back, either Christoph Berra or Craig Halkett. Left full-back, Lee Wallace. Midfield four, right to left, Chris Cadden. Peter Haring, Harry Cochran, Gary Mackay Stephen. Up front, Uche Ikpiezu and Lawrence Shankland. Oh, that's a lot of signings. It is. One year so here we go. The 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 X's or Y's, it would be Cherney or Kelly in goal. I don't think we'll pay money for Liam Kelly at Livy. Chris Cadden would cost compensation, even though he'd be out of contract, but I think we could pay that. Shankland, again. Um, we should be able to, to get him. Gary Mackay, Stephen, MLS, want him, but he'd give us width on that side. And it would be Cadden or Morrison. And it would be Shankland or Naismith. Um, because if, if we can keep Stephen Naismith, ideally, uh, of course, he'd be in the team. A one-year deal for Dicamona. Gone, Shognessy, Doom, Hughes, Salmon and Mitchell. I'm not fussed for Zlamal, Doyle, Godinho, Lee, Bozanich, Edwards and McLean. And my fringe players are Whiten, Kina, McDonald, Vanacek and Mulraney. There you go. Okay. Uh, I managed to keep up with most of that. So a quick few things from me. Um, so why 33-year-old backup 
goalkeeper Thomas Cherney ahead of 33-year-old Colin Doyle and 33-year-old Bobby Slamal. Cherney's my starting goalkeeper. I like him. Okay. I like him. He's he's been unlucky. He's not had a chance at Aberdeen through Joe Lewis. Uh, he's a really good goalkeeper. Um, Craig Gordon's still got a year left in his deal. He ain't ripping that up at Celtic. And if he doesn't get in the team, he'll go elsewhere come next summer. Uh, whether that's Hearts, who knows? But he ain't coming this summer. Liam Kelly's the one for the future. Uh, he's decent. I still think he's raw. But I, I, I think Cherney's a better goalkeeper than the two we have right now. That's that's the bottom line. The same Thomas Cherney who couldn't get in the Hibs team in the championship. He asked an opinion. Who else is out there? That, that's the thing. Okay. No, I, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate to a degree here. I'm just asking. I've seen, I've, I've seen <laughs> him play really well. You've okay. probably seen him play 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 poorly. I, I, to be fair, I, to be fair, I, I've always liked him as a goalkeeper, and I, I can't think of games where I've thought he's horrendous. Um, I can't say I've, I've sat and watched him and thought repeatedly he's outstanding. He's, he's been a solid goalkeeper. He's done well at lower clubs in Scotland than Hearts, with all due respect to the Hamiltons and the, the Partick Thistles. I, I don't, I just, I don't know if it's a definite upgrade. Um, I agree with no, you. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's not a definite upgrade. Um, but, but right now. I'm I'm not starting next season with with one of the two that we've got, okay. and that's the bottom line. Is Cherney much of an upgrade? No, and there's there's better options out there. But what I've done is I've basically gone through the free transfers that are sure. available, players out of contract um, at the end of the season. That that's my criteria. If you don't have a club um, at the end of May, then I would be interested in, in seeing what's out. That's why I've gone Cadden. That's why I've gone Wallace, Halkett, and GMS as well. I mean, to be fair, the other ones all make a lot of sense to me. Craig Halkett, he's done superbly with Livingston, wouldn't cost much money. He is out of contract as well, so it would be a, a signing on fee and a fairly modest wage, you would imagine. Um, Lee Wallace is an interesting one because he's not played much football for quite a while now. No, but he's only 31, and he got a pre-season with Lee. Like, he's had his issues at Rangers. We, we need someone that's just going to first name on the team sheet, left back, Garuccio's fine. I've got no, it could be X or Y. Garuccio might be a better option. But I think having Lee Wallace there as a leader in the dressing room is, is something I, I'd be I'd be keen on. Because he ain't staying at Rangers. So Hearts makes sense for him. Gary McKay, Stephen, I've mentioned this one before, not just to you. I think it's the kind of player that we should make a play for. Um, whether we would get him or not, I'm not sure. We'd, we, we, but... we'd have a chance of getting him if, if Jim went. Yep. You could use the you could use the wages that June is either on or wants for someone like Gary McKay, Stephen. I don't know if it'd be enough because MLS would pay him a decent amount of money. And Lewis Shanklin's an interesting one. Um, Lawrence. Lawrence Shanklin. I always yes. want to call him Lewis. Um, Lawrence Shanklin, because I don't know if you heard um, Ian McCall talking about him. They did have. <laughs> a... I did. Yes. So they did have a big offer for him, which the chairman decided he didn't want to take he wanted to keep a hold of him and apparently there's you know an endless list of clubs currently trying to sign him but he's still there and with all due respect to air united if the interest was that high in him i i i would be surprised at him still being there no they they wanted to keep him because they thought that the position that they were in when the transfer window opened they had a right chance of going up automatically as championship winners and that's totally understandable that's the decision you've got to make you sell them you ain't going to be able to buy enough reinforcements that are of the quality that you need to stay where you are. The only chance you've got of playing in the Premier League next season is by keeping Lawrence Shanklin. So totally understand that. It's one of these, how do you know he's going to be 
Um, he's going to be good in, in, in the Premier League. Like, if you're trying to tell me he's not as good as some of the guys that play up front for Hamilton and Dundee and St Mirren, no, I'm, I'm not having that. I'd, I'd take him in a heartbeat because he's a goal scorer. And that's something that we need because we don't, we don't have that. We don't have a 20-goal-a-season striker since Lafferty left. Okay, so Mark's team for the start of next season. Thomas Cherney in goals, Michael Smith right back, Lee Wallace left back, Suter alongside either Berra or Halkett in the centre of defence, Chris Cadden on the right, Gary Mackay-Steven on the left, Peter Haring alongside Harry Cochran in the middle with Uche Igpiezu and Lawrence Shankland up front. Um, if you want to give us your thoughts on who you would sign or you think Hearts could go for in the summer and how you think the team could or should line up next season, um, give us your thoughts to the Twitter account, which is at Around the Funnel, or send us an email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. We'll have another look at this next week. So finally, before we go, let's have a look ahead to Dundee against Heart of Midlothian this coming Saturday at Dens Park. Now, when Hearts last travelled to the Granite City to play Dundee, that was just over f- Granite City? The I city, was going to say, you've, you've ci- changed it. The city of discovery is what I should Ooh. say. That's the other nonsense line for, for when we're travelling north. City of discovery. Um, just over four months ago, <laughs> they blew Dundee away. 3-0, they went six points clear at the top of the table. So change days indeed. Now, a couple of things I looked at because... I, unfortunately, I looked at the league table and got very sad and depressed when I did so. When I looked at the league table after that game. So we were six ahead of Celtic that game. Um, we're now 22 behind Celtic, so there's been a 28-point swing against Celtic. We were six ahead of Kilmarnock, who were next in line at that point. We're now three behind them, so a nine-point swing. We were eight ahead of Rangers. We're now 14 behind them, so a 22-point swing with Rangers. We were eight ahead of Hibs. We're now three ahead, so only a five-point swing in Hibs' favour, so that's not too bad. And we were 13 points ahead of Aberdeen at that point. 13 points. We're now six behind the Dons. That's a 19-point swing with us against Aberdeen. And incidentally, I also looked right down the bottom of the table. Dundee were rock bottom. We were 22 points ahead of them after that win. They're still only a point off the bottom, um, and we are only 26 ahead of them now. So we've actually got four more points than Dundee in the spell since we've last played them at Dens Park, which I think is a damning indictment of how Hearts have done since then. So that's enough misery about how bad Hearts have been since we last went to Dens Park. Um, I'll hand it over to Mark to give you some positivity and why it'll all be great on Saturday. So prior to the game (laughs) against Partick Thistle, they had conceded seven goals in a game and a half. Yep. (laughs) Prior to this game against Dundee, Dundee have conceded eight goals in two games. So Hearts will dominate the first half. Only get a goal, put the tools down, think the game is won, and Dundee will get a second half equaliser, and it'll be a one-all draw at Dens Park. And we'll be back next week, mumping and moaning about what happened there. With the same tweets that we had this week, last week, two weeks ago, about why is Jim on the left, why is it slow, why is this happening and why is that happening. And it'll be Groundhog Day once more. That's what's going to happen. I, I, but I was I was handing it to you to to do the positive part. Not this week. Not this week. <laughs> not after that second half. After the first half at Firhill, I'm all for it. After the second half, nah. And then when when we get to Hamden for the semi or Easter Road because they don't allow you at Hamden, whatever it's going to be, and then we win that, 
and then we reach the final. It's the most positive podcast ever. And then we win the final. We get into Europe. We stop the treble treble. And honestly, being a Hearts fan is the best thing in the <laughs> entire world. Right. Let's okay. Let's not bother talking about Dundee. Bugger it. What will be will be. We'll talk about it next week. We might scrape a winner, a point, and, and whatnot. And it will be Groundhog Day. I have no doubt. Nick Walsh is the ref, by the way. Sorry. Okay. Is he... Did he not... Ah, ha, ha, ha. Nick Walsh. I thought that name sounded familiar. Nick Walsh of Ben Garuccio Challenge fame. Ugh. I thought I'd bring that up for you. Just uh. just for you, Laurie. You've got Nick Walsh at the weekend as your referee. The man that sent off Garuccio for that tackle. Oh, we, did, we didn't even talk about the fact that the Park Thistle goal came from a free kick that wasn't a free kick because, to me, it was still slightly irrelevant to how badly we defended it. And um, the penalty claim, which Craig Levine highlighted, that I didn't really think was a penalty, to be honest. So that's why we didn't really get into it. That was my view of it. Um, and by the way, Nick, Nick Walsh's last two Hearts games? We've lost him. Yeah, but you well, sent off two Hearts it's players. Doom as well. Wrongly at? sent off Doom. At Livingston away, yeah. I remember he's, that he's one. Done well. He's done well, hasn't he? So um, <laughs> he's a charm. Good luck. Yep. Um, but very quickly, so what I was going to say, rather than chat about Dundee, because yeah, it will probably be the same old story, in terms of this season, now, we've said that, really, it's minimum. Hearts should get to the final. And I could see Hearts getting to that final without even changing many people's opinion over them being... Because there's a lot of ill-feeling towards the team and towards Craig Levine's management right now. And I could see us getting to that final and that not changing. You know, we scrape past Partick Thistle on Tuesday night, a team who are languishing at the bottom of the championship. We should beat them. Uh, we play in Inverness, who are a better championship team. But ultimately, they're still a team that don't have anywhere near the same quality of players that we do. So we could quite easily scrape past them at Hamden without playing particularly great. And then we get a final against a Celtic or a Rangers or even an Aberdeen. Now, it's very much going to be like Paolo Sergio for Craig Levine at that point. Because Paolo Sergio, although he didn't have this... People weren't overly against Paolo Sergio at the time. I think people were just underwhelmed in terms of league form. We were fifth. We weren't that great. We, we won most of the time at home. We didn't get much away. But that cup final, obviously... And, and if Paolo Sergio had lost the 2012 cup final to Hibs, Paolo Sergio would not be well thought of by Hearts fans. But, no, but look, he won but it 5-1. Yeah, and that, exactly, exactly. And, and as much as there are similarities between the, the, the Gretna final and then tw six years later for the, the Hibs final and what happened in between compared to what's happened in between the Hibs final and potentially this year, we didn't play well in that cup run. Auchinleck scraped it. They had a goal chalked off that should, I think for offside that they should have counted. St. Johnson at home, we were poor. We got lucky yep. with that penalty awarded late on that took it to extra time. St. Mirren at home, very poor. Had to go to New St. Mirren Park to win 2-0. Celtic backs to the wall. That's that's a different type of game. We didn't play very well in any of the games prior to the semi-final. And you could argue that as well as Auchinleck also being in there, we've not really played very well. But as someone once said about a golfer who was all over the place but somehow managed to get pars more often than not. Just remember, Laurie, when it comes to hearts in this Scottish Cup run, there are no diagrams on a scorecard. OK, here's, here's two questions for you. Can Craig Levine finish the season as Cup runners-up and fifth place in the league and remain in charge next season? Oh. 
Oh, that's a tough one. Yes. I don't think that's enough. I wouldn't be happy. No Hearts fan would be happy. But I don't think it's enough to get rid of them. I think that would be a final warning for Man Budge. If things don't improve, you're out. You're out. And you're going back to your director of football role. I think he survives with fifth and a runners-up spot. What do you think? Okay, I'll ask you the second question first. Okay, okay. If Hearts win the Cup, does the league form and league finish completely go out the window in terms of whether or not Craig Levine stays next season? Yes, yes, 100%. I don't care if Hearts don't win another league game between now and the end of the season. If we win the Scottish Cup, I don't care. I might be in a minority there, okay. but Hearts aren't, going to, Hearts aren't going to win the league. At the start of the season, we'd like to qualify for Europe, but we want a good cup run, especially in the Scottish Cup. Okay. So give, give me a loss in every single game between now and the end of the season. But if we're holding a couple off at Hamden, I don't give a toss. I mean, and, and I'm with you in terms of being happy, but in terms of long-term management, oh. if, we, if we have a final against Celtic and we beat Celtic in the final, now it would, it would be typical of this Hearts team of recent times that we would do that, that we would finish eighth in the table and we'd struggle in our next games when we play the Dundees and the St Mirrens um, and the Hamiltons and, and whatnot. But we go and we give Celtic a real good game and we beat them and we beat them convincingly. That would that would sum up where we're at and it would still not paper over the cracks of the issues, which isn't when we play Celtic. It's when we play the teams that we should beat and we drop lots of points. So to me, I'll answer what you said before. I personally don't think if we get to the cup final and lose it, and still can't get in the top four. To me, I think that's just pushing over being unacceptable. It, it obviously depends on a lot of factors whether we make a change. And I'm not saying we should definitely get rid of Craig Levine. I don't know. It depends what the other options are. But I think it has to seriously be looked at if we can't break into the top four and we can't win the cup because we've then not we've we've got what we should in the cup because we should get to the final based on the draw we've been given, and we're not even sitting where we. We're not even getting on par in the league because we have by far the fourth biggest budget and we can't even get the top four. In terms of winning the cup and being abject in the league, to me it might be a, well, this is a nice time to make a change because you would leave on that happy note. And, you know, Paolo Sergio could have stayed at Hearts after 2012 and not be thought of in the same high esteem because it was going to be a very difficult period after then. And I think Paolo Sergio knew that part of him. I, I don't know. That's my assumption. I don't know him personally. And it might not have been, you know, do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. I, I, I just want to enjoy Hearts games. And... <laughs> so do, I. so no, do, we, don't we all? No, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just, we're never going to be the silkiest football team in the world. That's, that's not, that's not what I'm after. That's Hibs, of but course. I, yeah. Yeah. I just, I just want more. <laughs> I just want more Saturday nights or midweeks, whatever. When I'm like, yeah, I enjoyed that. That, that was fun. I, we played some good stuff there. It's difficult. What do you want? Do you want trophies? Do you want style over substance? It, it, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. And we spoke we spoke a few one, months ago, um, at the turn of the year, about the second half of the season. What's unacceptable? What's acceptable? Look, for me, fifth's unacceptable, but fifth doesn't cost the manager his job. But if it's any other job, it's a case of you've, you need to do better. If you don't do better, then... There's no guarantee you're, you're going to get the full following season. But this is, a, this is a unique case, Heart of Midlothian, because the director of football is also the manager. The director of the football club is also the director of football, is also the manager. He's got a lot of power. And uh, 
I don't know how this works because there isn't a precedent. Oh, well, this happened at that club. He was the director, the director of football and the manager, and this is what happened. This is a unique case. I think what you want from Craig Levine, and that's why the players that I mentioned for next season, we're probably not going to get many of them. We might not get any of the ones that, that I would have liked to have seen, but the players that I suggested are all players with style that are creative, that can get goals. Right now, as I said to my friends on the WhatsApp group, a lot of the time, we're not very good to watch. I don't really want that. I think that about brings us to the end of this week's show. Um, so thank you to everyone for all your messages, your feedback, your opinions. Um, sorry we couldn't get through everything, uh, but there's been some really good points made. And for next week, as Mark mentions, if you can give us your um, players' signings that you think Hearts could go for next season and your potential Hearts team for the next campaign and give us those thoughts to at around the funnel on Twitter or email podcast at scarves around the funnel.co.uk and we'll revisit that next week and um, hopefully we're very positive now Mark um, we haven't planned this yet we're doing this right now on air um, it's Dundee Hearts on Saturday then it's Hearts Park Thistle on Tuesday I think we're going to record after those two games so we can review the yeah. both of them Let's do next Wednesday. Same time, same place with far more positivity next week, yep. please. Following two wins at Dens Park and against Partick that takes us through to the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup. That's what Mystic Mark says by looking at his crystal ball. So Hearts will have earned three points. They'll be level on points with Kilmarnock. They'll be just three behind Aberdeen. Um, they'll be six ahead of Hibs and they'll be in the Scottish Cup semi-final which will be played at Hamden Park so I'll finally get to go there all will be maybe not quite right in the world but we'll be kind of moving towards natural order being restored I hope um, until then thank you for listening and we'll see you next time